Welcome to the X Factor Roping Podcast. Our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools to get the most out of what you love to do. I'm Pace Freed, the owner of XFactorRoping.com and your host. We want to bring you the best content possible and it would mean so much to us if you would continue to sign up and support XFactorRoping.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on guys? Uh, we're here with Jojo Lamont today and one thing that we wanted to make a big part of what we're doing, we really want you guys to be interactive with us so we started doing a Snapchat Q&A. Uh, as we're filming with guys like JoJo, you know, we'll, you guys can send us some questions and we'll make some time to answer them. So I've just picked out a handful of them. We had, I think, over 100 questions sent to us. So we just, we're going to get to as many as we could and uh, we'll send them back to you personally and then also add some of them to the story. Also, all this you'll be able to see on X Factor Roping. So we'll get right into it, JoJo. Uh, one of our first questions that we had was, how do you make your horses face faster? And what do you do to kind of read that? <clears throat> well, I try to keep my horse's feet moving, um, and a lot of times, uh, just like we did with my oldest boy today, I won't let them face their horses at home to where they get dull and kind of, you know, get tired of facing, and I've always want them reversing whenever I do ask them to face. I want them to step around and keep their feet moving and coming back, drawing back whenever I face them, um, and there's other deals like working them on a log. Uh, there's been times whenever I've run a keeper on one, just like you were roping calves on him and tied off to the saddle horn and dally on a log and take him to the end of it and undally and drive him to the end of that. And that keeper hits him and he starts facing the log and he knows whenever he's starting to get to the end of that rope to start turning around looking for it. Um, that's kind of an old school trick my dad done, but <clears throat> most of the time, just as long as I keep their feet moving and right. knowing that, that that's a finishing point for them, that, they do want to come around and get to that point. And having them soft and broken the rib cage in there, you know, where you can disengage their hips and push them around. Right. I think that's a really good answer. Uh, so the next question we have is scoring and getting good starts. I think this is becoming a huge, huge factor now that essentially we're going to be behind World Series barriers at probably 90% of the big jackpots we go to. Right. So what's your theory on scoring? A horse has got to leave off of your hand. You can't jump start a horse. You know, a lot of people want to overhold a horse in the corner for my likes. I just want them to be stood up straight. I've never seen a racehorse start at the back of the gate squatted down. That goes back to another deal with Newt. He wants to get in there and get to pulling, pulling, pulling. Well, whenever you do release, they have to either stand up or lunge out to get going. I want my horses to stand up on all four feet. And whenever I do let them go, right then. Whenever my hand moves, they go. If I misread the barrier, I'm going to break it. Or if I'm late, I'm late. But whenever I let go, they got to be going right then. Do you think that's pretty important now with the, like these deep, deep boxes to have that no hesitation? Absolutely, and it's it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, used to whenever, and it's not so much the open guys, but used to whenever we'd go roping, uh, jackpotting. Everywhere you went, they scored the steers out. Everybody thought that saved their cattle. I mean, I think it's worse on the cattle because they don't get a good pattern run. <clears throat> you know, you've seen today we had 10 steers, and how many times we run them through today, and nobody scored them out there and chased them all over their arena. Just made good runs on them, and them cattle get patterned, and they make the same run every time. Um, but going back to the way it's changing nowadays is it looks like a horse that can run 50, 60 foot rather than, you know, can run out there once he gets out there a little further is kind of the ticket nowadays and having one leaving flat and on, on the game. 
you know. Right, and ties right into mm -hmm. off your left hand hard. Yep. yep, I agree. What are some ways to improve your reaching? A lot of groundwork. Um, you know, I, I've said it many a times. I had a bunch of sorry old horses that I rode. Uh, a lot of them were outside horses. The other ones were whenever I decided that I was going to transfer from healing to heading. Uh, my dad and I went to local sale barns around here, and we'd buy anything that kind of looked like a head horse, and we'd try them all. <clears throat> and I'd, I'd run 100, 150 steers a day, and it was full contact. There was no working on anything but myself. <clears throat> and then I'd rope the dummy. Uh, there were, it's nothing for me to rope the dummy 500 times a night when I was starting heading, and I would just back up to where I was uncomfortable and keep trying and learning how to place the rope. Um, a lot of people want to throw a rope hard, and we've talked about this, and yep. it's about placing a rope and letting the rope do the work for you. So, kind of. So, feel. learning how to reach was only took about a couple, four or five hundred loops a night, and about a hundred, a hundred and fifty a day, and, and not being able to. And, and I don't even reach well enough to compete with the guys that are going nowadays. So, but uh, you know, everybody's. It was like Speedy changed the game at the time that I started heading. And Jake, you know, they used to call Jake's loops a bomb. He used to bomb stuff, and it was a different, him and T-Woman, they would kind of break to the pin and throw from straight behind, and it was a swing deal. And then along comes Speedy on Viper that was flat and level, and he could pick them off when the neck rope come off. And that kind of transformed into what I think has created now. And then I changed some things. You know, I studied a lot of stuff that Clay Trine was doing at the time when I started heading, and definitely Speed and Jake, and uh, I picked out a handful of people that I thought were the best, and I tried to put all that into into my game, <clears throat> and then now it's like, you know, there's people like Driggers, and right. you know, there's a bunch of those guys that, uh, the Clay Smith boy, he's, he's the total package, he's got everything, um, that kid's for real. Uh, that's coming along, and he, they reach right. They don't pull off to reach. Everything's on the gain whenever they throw, and it's just fine-tuning everything. I don't think the times have gotten any faster. They might be scoring them a little bit further or a little bit shorter or whatever, but instead of there being two guys that are 3-9, there's 30 guys that are capable of being 3-9. It's just a lot of people have gone to work at it and the technology that wasn't out there whenever. Right. I try to get started. I'd have to watch old NFR tapes and stuff, but that's kind of. Well, and I think too that's really important is guys that are reaching. They it's the same run, from three coils, two coils, one coil, right to the hip. They're able to ride their horse as well and and handle steers and set oh, it up yeah. well. And you're talking about the elite guys that that do that, that reach well, and that's what makes them stand out above. The great guys, the, you know, the elite ones that they have everything. That that was something that I lacked whenever I rodeoed for a living was being able, if I had to catch him no matter what, I felt more comfortable reaching at him than I did blowing up there and catching him. And I've worked really hard on changing my roping to, to learn the other part of it because right. I'd never done that. So, And I think that there's guys like Clay that have Everything. In my books, he's as tough <coughs> as I've ever seen come through the ranks. Right. He's, he's, he's the real deal. I agree. So do you have some drills to keep your horses leaving flat? Or, you know, when you get them horses that seem like they have a lot of run, they'll kind of pop or that first stride won't be real smooth? Right. Uh, I do a lot of dry work with them uh, as far as off my hand. 
I want those horses to stand there. And if my hand ever moves, then I want them forward. You know, I want them going forward. And I walk start, excuse me, a lot of horses. If, uh, you know, like the gray racehorse that I rode today, he gets a lot of that. I walk start him a lot. I just start walking and then open the gate um, whenever I get to a certain point. That way he's moving forward whenever he goes. Um, he's a little bit finicky about how he wants to take off. It's kind of weird. Um, so it's been a struggle with him. And honestly, about the only other head horses that we have, uh, they're all mine, they're so young that, yeah, I walk start almost everything. Yeah, Newt's horse is old enough now, and we've been hauling him that, you know, we kind of give him the full meal deal, but he still needs it too. And it's hard for me to make an 11 year old boy work on his horse as much than just going and roping. So, uh, I mean, I think that's the best way to answer that question is, yes, I walk start a lot of horses so and make sure that they are sharp off my hand. Yeah, really feeling your hand. And then once you release them, being able to have some throttle mm -hmm. and, and, and have those horses be able yeah. to, to position them. I agree. And I think that's a lot of the warming them up and the getting a horse broke and letting you balance on the reins to where not whenever you, and Newt's horse is pretty bad about whenever you pick up on him or do anything, he wants to react from that instead of tucking and letting you pull and pull him back a little. Right, right. What will you do with horses that get a little too strong, especially for like maybe your boys or you'll see like a girl or something that will have a head horse that's too free and maybe just getting a little too close for them? Uh, you know, a lot of people think sending them someone that reaches helps that. And, and I disagree with that with, because once they get comfortable to that spot, then you have to squeeze them through and you get them right back up there to the spot that they don't like to be. What I like to do with mine is a lot of breakaway in. Whenever I, I rope and I'll get a dally and then I'll just sit down and ask them to stop. I don't try to pull them in the ground and cram them. I just let them know that Whenever they feel that a little bit on the horn, I've got some eight-away breakaways that we've used and designed and own the company of, and you can put a couple of those on there, and it's enough tug that you can actually turn a steer around and your rope will break off, or steer stop. You know, I'll rope, and once I know that he's wanting to quit running and, and slow plumb down, then I'll ask him for it. I don't ever try to snatch him and try to get him there because I've gone from having him too free to start lunging because I'm pulling and trying to snatch them, you know, and a lot of that too is I do, uh, I guess it would be lateral uh, or, well, either way, but a lot of, uh, with a lot of bend and a lot of flex, I'll tie a rope on and whenever I head a steer, I'll just let my rope feed out of my hand and then I can go two hands on the bridle and I can get their nose tipped in or out and then I can control their body right. and be able to maneuver the horse. So this question, I like this question a lot. It, it can be kind of complex, but the... Uh, I'm going get a drink on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely get a drink for this one. But uh, the correct way to start your first swing. And that's a, that's a pretty broad question, but let's start with a, a heading swing and then a healing swing. Um, my heading swing is I have a lot more angle on my ropes than <clears throat> a lot of people... And the reason I do that is because of, uh, I think being real tight with a swing is, uh, 
it's hard if a steer comes into you or a steer falls away, it's hard to be from it, whenever you're tight there to get it far enough out and around to cover that spot or to get it across to cover that spot. I just think that if I have it up and angled up, almost like a heel swing, you know, whenever I bring it up, then I can get it to wherever I need to put it um, kind of deal. And that was, I mean, that's a, you're right, that's a tough question just sitting here talking about it. Um, and I want to have it pulled back. Seems like the further back I have it, the more power I can get on it. Right. Um, a lot of times, I definitely, you know, we've talked about elbow position and everything. I don't want my hand too far forward and I don't want it in front of my elbow. Um, stuff like that, just kind of, I want it up and back to where I can, my tip, you know, is carrying my loop. I think too, and, and you pointed this out to me with my roping, is uh, to help with that first swing is getting it to a point where when you pick your hand up from wherever it starts from to get it to the point that you swing and deliver from. Absolutely. And I think that that really helps because everyone's got a, a pretty much different swing. There's a well, lot of guys that swing I, I tell everyone that comes from open schools or anything that sometimes the goofiest swings that you've ever seen, they've learned how to catch with that. And you go to tweaking a swing and trying to change all that, I mean, you're liable to go back to square you know, zero to, to where they, it just blows them plumb up. I've seen people that swing funky that learn how to catch that way. And, and maybe you can critique a few little things that would improve it. But once they, you know, it's kind of like walking. Once somebody learns how to do it, it's, that's self-taught. It's right. not, I can kind of guide you through it and tell you how I want you to do it. But, you know, I've done that with the boys. And I've had to change some of Newt's stuff that he done. And once I started trying to change the way he, swing his rope and stuff we went backwards before we ever took a step forward it's pretty hard on us and this question is kind of for me um and i know that it's it's helped me if i want to change something in my my rope and I'll, I'll try to watch it and watch myself but more importantly i'll try to feel like i'll try to watch and see where it's at and then when i go rope the dummy i won't necessarily look where my hand or anything is at I'll just try to feel things. Do you do you try to do that a little bit if you're changing your swing or you know making little tweaks to your roping? Absolutely, and I mess with it 24/7 on things that I've tried. You know, four or five years ago, um, I actually got qualified for the semifinals deal or whatever. Maybe we have to go to one more deal to get into the semifinals at the American, um, but we get a chance to go rope for the American. So I've been roping the dummy quite a bit, trying to sharpen my loop up and. I feel myself going right back to the same ritual and doing things that I want my loop to be crispier and tighter and, and hit faster and the stuff that you know I took for granted that I didn't pay attention on there the latter part of my rodeo career that was just I took for granted now you know I'm trying to get that back and the things that you know that I'd been doing I think the answer is in the pudding on how your loop hits and what it does and letting that be you know your guidance to that um you know like a, a swing you can definitely if you back up and get far enough away from the dummy and stuff you can feel if your the range is the right motion that you have but i get yeah i can go on and on and on about this subject but yeah absolutely i yeah the feel is the biggest thing it's got to feel good to you you know, it's like my golfing. My, I don't golf very good. I enjoy it, and 
you know, every time I go play with somebody new, they want to change something up. Well, then it screws me completely up. But I can go play with myself, and if I find a way that it improves my game, that's strictly off feel and, and what, you know, how I can land the ball and if I get any kind of action on it or whatever it is. It's, it's strictly from feel for me. Right, right.